0: Listening to that song gets me so pumped. We are back inside Dirt Show 2020, episode number two. We promised we delivered. I think we're a couple weeks over the timeline, I said, but we're back for another show. Joe Stevens, your host here, as always, coming to you from lockdown Victoria with my man Donnell Official, Donnell, what's happening? Uh, not much because we're still in
1: lockdown. I think we're getting an announcement today that we might get out, but uh, that. Well, I don't want to talk. I just want to hear the motocross stuff.
0: Exactly. Hey, it's Monday, twenty sixth of October. Um, Let's not talk politics. Let's talk dirt bikes. Uh, We've got a cool show coming up. We've got Regan Duffy all the way from WA. He's coming on for an interview in just a minute. Regan, uh, your 2019 MX Nationals MXD champ. Had a killer Supercross season in SX2. Um, The reason I wanted to get Regan on is that he... um, you know, he's in WA. It looks like they're living a pretty normal life for the most part. And uh, they've been racing some state series. He's been looks like he's been riding heaps. And he's he's a cool kid, man. He's got a big future. So rumblings of him going overseas next year, just want to get a rundown on on where he's at. he has been shredding a 150 as well. Dude. That thing's so sick. Yeah. Um Adam Bailey from AME management, Isaac's open, him and Sando, the guys that, you know, basically run the Australian series as far as commercial rights. And also the OzX Open. Now, clearly, everyone knows at this point, no Supercross this year. Um, it's old news, but I did want to get him on for the industry perspective of as to how, what, when, and why that happened. Um, and we'll chat to Bailey in just a little bit, who is now located in Queensland in the sun. I believe he's taken his uh, little baby girl to SeaWorld today, so I'm incredibly jealous because they get to do things like that outside of Victoria. Yeah. It's a brave new world. It's what it is. Uh, And then we've got Daniel Milner coming on the show, the AORC 2020 uh, E2 and outright champion for Factory KDM. Uh, Milner's a a friend of of, uh, us here at ID Media Group and a friend of the show. And... um, yeah, they got announced it after three rounds, I think it was. The series was called obviously due to the, the craziness of the year, and he was crowned the champ outright and he too. So gonna chat to Milner, um, see what his year's been looking like without racing and and just the surprise of being crowned a champion after racing three rounds. So Well, it's better than not getting a championship at all, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a plus. So um, all right. Darnell, uh, since we last came on, we were talking about the fact that uh, MA were endeavoring to run the 2020 uh, series for, for Australian Pro Motocross. Uh, that's been called a few weeks ago that the series wasn't happening since we last came on air. And since then, they have launched the um, Pro-MX series. So that is now official that it will be um, you know, transitioning away from the MX Nationals, Uh MA went with a new brand name and a new branding direction for the series, uh, which was Australian Prime X. I think it's Oz Prime X. Yeah, is uh,
1: uh, the website. Yeah, I yeah. think
0: Instagram's Oz Prime X. Um, and they've launched their intentions for TV next year and, and made a few press releases and, and directions for where the series is headed. Um, and we can be honest, it got launched to a bit of a mixed reception with 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 the industry. Yeah. it... <laughs> got a bit of flack it did no, mainly around the logo but yeah. uh the, yeah the
1: logo and the name itself but uh, look it's a, it's a
0: championship yeah and i mean look it i'm i'll be involved in that championship one way or another and it's going to be interesting I, I really hope that um you know they have some big plans with with tv and different things and i hope those guys are, at MA, are able to deliver and it can replicate you know the model they have for you know, ASBK and different things. I think there's going to be great crossover potential for, um, AORC guys and ProMX guys to merge and do, you know, uh, race both series. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously they're going to run pretty similar formats and you doubt that they'd be clashing. Well, they're not going to clash because it's the same events team. Um, and you know, they, they've done some different things with the, you know, MXD is now MX3. Juniors can step up into that class at 14 with an exemption, and I think 15, they can race that class all the way through. Yeah, and they can still go back and race juniors, correct? Yeah, which will be... It'll be interesting. It's going, it's going to make the field deep. Yeah, it will make it deep. I think it's, it's going to benefit, you know... I see the biggest transitional point is when those guys go into MXD in their first year, and they haven't ridden tracks that rough ever. You know, they've raced a few of the rookies' races at the. It's not the same. Was the MX Nationals, but um, that's going to be an interesting initiative, and it's a new face to the series. Um, so that's going to be interesting as well. Now, uh, I think MA are in a tough position, as in MXN have done it for so long and set a standard that any change is going to be. I mean, you could see already the logo, that, that copped a lot of heat.
1: Yeah, look, look at the, you know, there's a lot of backlash already and we haven't even had a race yet.
0: Yeah, and I think MA can be a target for social uh, trolling as well. Um, you know, I'm not in it to say it's justified or not. We're just commentating what's going on in the sport right now. It's, it's interesting, you know, we haven't really seen this in our generation of the sport, you know, the series changing a commercial, uh, you know, commercial... No, well, WAM games. had... 23 years at the helm so so that's a change and and it's going to be interesting to see how that goes down so they're working hard in the background now and may to get the series off the ground for next year um so just just before we move on with this whole mx3 thing yeah
1: does that sort of that's going to hurt that 125 junior class i think as guys will probably want to ride a 250f
0: well they can ride their 125s in it um but would you
1: would you want to race a 125 against 250fs
0: at that national level at
1: Coulomb with in such an age
0: gap no you wouldn't but I think you're saying like yeah from that instance a
1: 14 year old on a yz 125 versus someone riding a worked FC 250 husky
0: oh yeah I think
1: and you can still race a 252 stroke
0: like I think it's merits a double edge right like you're gonna get youngsters getting in there that are gonna get their doors blown off but they're gonna stay in the class for a long time and they're gonna learn a lot you know I've got kids that I've I've coached their whole junior career, that they've got to go to MX, what would have been MXD next year. They graduate juniors. In Vic, they've had no junior season, right? And then they're going to jump straight into MX3 now. Um, They're going to have a really tough time adapting to it because they've missed their last year of juniors and they're going into that. that Yeah, at least they've
1: got that transition period now. Does it hurt like the Aussie juniors... As
0: that week championship, that we, Dude, like, the, the week-long championship that we're so used to. The Aussie Juniors is already hurting. That event model, is, in my opinion, is broken, you know, and I hate to say it, but it's a great event, but it's a, an event that in this day and age with the cost of racing, staying somewhere for a week in a state to race once a day or twice a day at the most, I just don't, you know, so I think- With, M-
1: with MA holding it now, do they just integrate the whole lot into this Pro-MX? Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to say. Eventually, Just run ch-
0: championships like obviously you've got enough. What are you going to have nine, ten rounds?
1: Save Pro X?
0: I All I know is I've been to every Junior Aussies for the last. You know, I missed the one in WA in fifteen, but I've been to a bunch of them since and before. And the, the, the attendance numbers have steadily gone down, and that's a problem, you know.
1: Yeah, so does that mean if they do integrate it, will that bring the numbers back or hinder it
0: further? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, it's junior racing is in a very weird situation. In some states, it's really strong. Queensland's killing it. Um, Vic is dead in the water, unfortunately, with participation numbers. There's Every state's different, you know. Um, SA is a small population, but doing all right. You know, New South is pretty consistent. WA kills it, but they're so far away that you know, yeah, it makes that travel a little bit harder. It does. Um, Just
1: That's one thing that, you know, I'd like, you know, we've seen a lot of flack come across WM for not going to WA for so many years. Mm. Do you think now that it's MA,
0: will that change in the mould? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've seen a tentative schedule. It's pretty confidential. I don't want to talk. I don't know how confidential it is. Everything's a secret in motocross until it's not, but I'm not going to be the guy to, <laughs> to talk about it. But I don't know if they go to WA or not. Yeah. Um, Realistically, I've heard rumors that the WA border doesn't open until Easter next year. Right. So, how are you going to plan it? A, a, look, man. And
1: if, what does that mean for riders like, say, Regan Duffy, Jaden Reich? Is Connor is any over WA now? He's back there he's now. Back now.
0: Yeah, I forgot to. Uh, even prior talk to you guys, like Preachy. Yeah, think about those guys like there. If that's the case, they're going to have to get out of WA, quarantine, yeah. do the whole thing. Logistically, that's the problem. I mean, Australia is a country. If you were in Europe and you went from Melbourne to, uh, you know, WA to Wanneroo, for example, you'd be in halfway across Europe. Yeah, it's such a long way, and I don't think people quite understand the expense of taking a semi truck and a team. Well, it's
1: even the same in Queensland. You're like, all right, I'm in Brisbane. I've drove
0: 16 hours, and I'm still in Queensland. Mm. Like, yeah, exactly. It's logistically, it's just tough. So, does the series go back to WA? Look, I hope so. Probably not in this first year. I can't see it. Not. Maybe it would Which, have if it wasn't for. If it wasn't a coronavirus year or yeah. everything that's going on. Maybe. All of this state travel stuff's going to linger pretty heavily into next year, um, in my opinion. So um, we'll, we'll talk to Regan maybe about that a little bit and what his years look like with, with Corona over there. Um, and yeah, there, there's a strong contingent of juniors over there. There's a strong contingent of pros, but it's going to be interesting. So, I mean, that's the news here is that Primax has launched. Yeah. Um, to a mixed reception, but, you know, we'll see what MA can do with it. Um, and, I mean, what else is new since we last did the show? Obviously, the AMA series wrapped up. Yeah, you want to talk AMA, MXGP? No, we'll chat AMA later in the show. Go GP first. Talk about GPs. I mean, man, they've had the triple header at Lommel, <laughs> which, mm. dude, can you imagine being a mechanic? Uh, no.
1: Nah. Doing triple headers at Lommel? I'm not a, I'm not a mechanic when there's no sense. I'm not a good mechanic in general.
0: So, so Let alone when there's never-ending sand.
1: No, I don't even like going to
0: Yeah. <laughs> because you chose to road there the muddiest day of the year. Yeah, that was bad. Dude, I remember. I was going to come out. But what did I do? Four laps. Yeah. I think I did. And I went, nah, I'm good. You sent me a picture. I was like, yeah, I'm out. But yeah, I had a brand new clutch too. Uh, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> um, but, you know, Lommel's been, it's been bad for Corolli. It's been good for Geyser. It's been very good for Geyser. Geyser's basically got the championship locked. Um, as far as the Aussie guys, Nathan Crawford got injured in Italy. He's, I think, he's on his way home now. I don't know. I wanted to get Nathan on, but I think he's either back, not back yet. But I don't know if he is young enough to go back to MX2 next year. Be interesting to see that one. One fourteen is basically the Aussie team now. Um, with Malchowitz, he's had a good. He had a, of he's hours. had a good couple of rounds over there, which he, has been good to see. He's shown a lot of speed and potential, which I think hopefully is enough for him to stick around next year. Um, Mitch Evans re-signed for HRC, which is killer. which is awesome to see.
1: Obviously, he's had a few injuries this year and hasn't been the best year, especially debuting with the factory team. He
0: showed enough, which is, he, I, he I was so job. worried for him with that shoulder injury. I was like, oh, you know, because typically. Oh, well, you've done the shoulder first year. You haven't
1: done much. Sorry, we're not going to wait around for you to heal up. Yeah. We're just going to find someone now.
0: And you get shuffled to a B team and then. And
1: it's hard to make your way back to the, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but he's he's done enough, man. And yeah. I really think next year is going to be the the rate of his learning curve. Oh. Next year is going to be a big year for him.
1: He's yeah. proven he can ride the bike fast. So once he gets that shoulder right and gets that body right, gets a proper pre-season in, mm. Mm. I think he's going to be quite strong over there.
0: Has Wilson Todd been racing? No. Nah. No, nah, he's just over there getting bike time back in. Yeah. It doesn't look like that Dixon team has been going to the races.
1: No, I don't think they have. Yeah. It's, it was, do you know what, also, it's like seeing Webby go over there, Yeah, Webster. gets hurt,
0: finally gets the
1: race, has the yes. weirdest crash ever. Have you ever seen a bike stand up like that on its end? Like it's just- Three bikes? Yeah, it was nah. like a pyramid of bikes. It was a pretzel of bikes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and he just got slammed in the first turn, hurt his neck, hurt his yeah. shoulder again. It's It's a rough opportunity. He had the opportunity, but I feel like he could- you know, it's now it's, does he go back and chase that opportunity? I think he's too old to do MX2 and MXGP. So, does he go back and, and chase MX1 next year? I don't it's,
1: a, it's a hard ask on a on a privateer 450. It's not the same.
0: No. I, I mean, that there's... bike's probably a good bike still. Well, dude, Walsh whole shotted Yeah. And he was up the front at, like, every stop.
1: Yeah. It's and it's impressive. not like where
0: we can't ride a bike. Like, he knows what he's doing. Oh, he can ride, man. And he's fast in the sand. It's just, I, I think, timing your MXGP transition, we've seen... Steich, we've seen Ward, we've seen Wilson, all the Aussie guys go over there on the wrong teams. Mm. And it's a, almost a career killer, you know? Almost. Almost. Like, they come back from it, but it, it's not... It's, it's like hard work to come back from that. Like, if Webster took this year off because of Corona, he has a, a, a mistimed 450 MX one year and MXGP next year, that's two years of his career he's never going to get back.
1: Yeah, I think... Honestly, I think the best thing to do right now, because we don't obviously know with international travel and what series are doing next year... You'd almost be – would you be better off taking the safe bet and come back here, racing MX2? Well, I think
0: he's going to have a challenge for a championship next year over here. Oh, definitely. If he's here – He's up front. He's up front. Yeah. I think him and the guy we're going to talk to in a minute, Regan Duffy. Wilson. Well, does Wilson come back? No, Jay. Sorry. Well, oh, does Wilson Todd come back? Well, d- yeah. I mean, he's done. And he's getting he's Not – he'd be close to 23 now. If he if he has one more year, he's really got to stay in MX2 over there and try to make something happen. But it's been a weird year for him. Uh, Jed, it uh, looks like he's been struggling a bit at Lommel. Haven't really seen him factor up front too much.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure. Like he had a really really good ride a couple of rounds ago mm. for that podium and the moto win. And-
0: oh, he's he ha- yeah he's had some great rides. It's just been a bit of an inconsistent season. Mm. Um, I'm not sure it's been successful it's yeah. been a step forward. He's one more, like it's definitely getting better. But then I think you look back at him podiuming on that Honda way back in what, what year was that? 17, 18, 18. But he goes, goes to show like how hard it is. And, and MX store did some cool content with him telling his backstory yeah. and how gnarly yeah. it was. Those guys coming from Tasmania and, and doing it from nothing. Um, that was really cool to see, but hopefully Jack can rebound and have some good rides in the last three rounds of Italy. Um, is that about it for the Aussie guys? Yeah. I'm not, mm, I'm, I want to talk about Yago Geertz just straight crashing in every race at Lommel. Well, no, <laughs> no
1: wrong. Wrong? He podiumed. Oh. He podiumed at the first Lommel. Yeah. Or the second Lommel. Or the,
0: oh, he, he, many, that's and, the thing, though. He crashes and still does good. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, yeah. But he... I don't know. It's weird. Were you going to talk about your fellow countryman Ben Watson? Oh, yeah. Getting a win?
0: Well, I mean, I'd really... I think he was riding 65s and had already retired from pro racing in the UK. But, uh, it's because you're like 67, 45. How
1: old are you now? I'm 33. Yeah, that's old enough. Yeah. you old enough to know better.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, he's been really fast in the sand, which doesn't surprise me because the UK guys train a lot in Europe and Holland and whatnot over the off-seasons, and I think he would be one of the guys that bases himself in. I think
1: that's where it helped Bailey, because I think
0: Bailey and NATO were in Lommel for a bit. Yeah, Lommel and... Coming into the season. You know, I, I think that is a French-based team with Livia owning it or and managing Sorby. it and Sorby. Um, and there's a lot of good soundtracks in France, like Dunkirk, On the Beach... Um, lot of good tracks there to train over winter in Europe. It's just the same as which just bottomless beach sand. We used to go out there quite a lot in the winter um, back when I was a kid. But, yeah, um, big year for Aussie, MXGP guys. There are a lot over there. Hunter and Jed are doing their thing, you know, in Didn't AMA, you know, which we'll, we'll chat about later. And Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, you know, another Aussie that could potentially be going over there, maybe staying here, Um, Regan Duffy. Now, Regan's WA, I think his phone service for this FaceTime audio call is a bit sketched out, so we might- Might be on the road. It might be a bit jittery, uh, and we might cut in and out whilst we try to reach him, Um, but we're going to give him a call now. The man himself from WA. Hey, Joe. Hey, mate, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, just waiting for this... Uh... Oh, sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. Are you, at, uh, are you at home, mate? Are you on the road right now?
2: I'm on the road. Is it a bit loud? No,
0: nah, it's all good. Just hopefully the uh, um, the FaceTime audio call can uh, stay connected while you're not next to Wi-Fi. That's all.
2: Yeah, I'm just going off mobile data,
0: so <laughs> it should be fine, I reckon. Just send me an invoice for the, the bill. <laughs> Um, <laughs> hey, man, so, uh, yeah, we chatted this morning real quick, but I just thought it'd be good to get you on the show and um, and check in, man. So, look, first of all, how is life in WA right now? Because you guys might as well be in a different country with how far away you are and the time difference and your borders have been shut the longest, I think. Um, how, how is life in WA? Completely
2: normal, man. Literally, we had, like, uh Like a month or two months where it was like a little bit harsh, but as for now, like other than interstate travel or international travel, it's like nothing's even happened.
0: Man, that's just what we want to hear in Victoria right now where we're completely still locked down. (laughs) It doesn't,
2: yeah, sorry not nah.
0: rubbing it in a little bit. Nah, sorry, <laughs> not sorry. No, well, that's why I wanted to get you on, Regan. Honestly, because following on from that question is like whenever I see you on Instagram, you're at the races. You got the state championships over there. You're riding, um, and, and it's good to see that at least some people. Uh, you know, Queensland's kind of similar. New South's kind of similar, but I, I feel like WA's got the most normal, you know, state race series going on and and racing. So, um, yeah, give give the listeners a rundown on what you've been up to this year with the racing over there.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, we'll start uh, at the start of the year. Uh, I flew to Queensland. I was doing my testing with Todd, Jason, and the rest of the team there. Obviously, we were going to be racing the MX Nationals. So I flew there, and then we're at the test track, and we're looking at Facebook, and we see that 7 News has posted something like... uh, the borders are going to shut within the next 24 hours. Um, if you don't get back to Perth within 24 hours, you have to do two weeks' quarantine. And we're like two hours from the airport where we are. which I don't even know what the track was called. It's out in the bush. And we were like packed, packed up all our stuff, pinned it to the airport. And uh, that was that. I went home. Um, then I was lucky enough because there was no racing on. Aunt and Leanne from Very Sweet Strawberry Farms. So they gave me a job. I uh, worked there for three or four months. Um, and then recently I've just been helping my dad at the farm. So that's sort of a little rundown on the year so far. But then uh, in the last few months, racing's really ramped back up in WA. We've had our state series kicking off and uh, there's been lots of local races with really good prize money lately. Um People have been putting up money and sponsors have been coming on board, so it's actually like the most money I've ever made in WA and it's realistically the worst year for racing also. It's been really weird but awesome at the
0: same time. Yeah, it's good. And I think I think that might be one good thing to come out of this is that these standalone events might start coming back around in, you know, like regional state areas. You know, like WA, I'm sure back in the day, there were plenty of standalone events with good prize money other than Manjimump. Um, yeah. yeah, that stuff's all gone away over the last sort of 10 years, but it's good to see it coming back. You know, New South Wales and Queensland's been the same. There's been some races popping up with good prize money so pro guys like yourself can can at least make some cash from racing dirt bikes like you would of this year. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It's really cool that you're over there and at least living somewhat normal. I think it would... It's something we haven't talked about on the show, really, Regan, because we haven't done any shows this year, but, you know, a lot of guys yeah. like yourself, you know, and we, we don't want to get into details and, and you're not trying to throw manufacturers under the bus or whatever, but, but for a lot of people, you know, you guys signed on, you did contracts, you were going racing, and then you never got to race. A lot of wages got cut or didn't end up happening at all. Um, so, you know, for, for the most part, you kind of lose your income. And I know you're a young guy and it's probably not, the end of the world, like you said, you could do some some local work at um, the Berry Sweet Farm or, or helping out locally around your dad's farm or whatever, but um, probably a little bit of a culture shock I'd imagine going from thinking you were going to be racing full time to then having to work.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, as good as it was working, it was like it sucked compared to racing a dirt bike for money. Um, that was the plan for 2020. I'm going to Train hard, I want to win races, I'm going to make money riding a dirt bike, and I ended up packing rubbish onto the back of a tip truck and driving to the rubbish dump every day. So, yeah, it was a shock.
0: I guess it gives you some perspective, right, which is something that sometimes younger riders, not not you personally, but I think a lot of younger guys, when it's all they've ever done, they don't have the perspective that, that they could be doing a lot worse than what they're doing right now, you know?
2: Oh, 100%. And to be honest, I I would say I was probably one of them kids before this year, and uh, yeah, it's been a real wake-up call, and I've just got a whole new appreciation for the sport and the life I live, and uh, when it comes back, I'm definitely not going to be taking it for granted.
0: That's good, man. I think you're one of the more mature, uh, you know, 18, I think you're 18 now, I think you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely one of the more mature guys on the circuit, and and I think that perspective from this year will definitely help you moving forward. So um, let's put some perspective in here, Regan. So obviously you have a really solid rookie year. You know you're riding for um, for the Race Line uh, KDM Thor squad. You go out, you win MXD pretty convincingly. You have some good battles with Max Purvis, but for the most part, it was you know it was your season. Um, I thought Supercross was honestly more impressive for you than the motocross was. Um, you know, as a rookie in SX2, you had some solid results and I think opened a lot of eyes uh, for Supercross, but, um, you know, what was the plan for MX2 this year? Like, where do you, I, I personally saw you up the front right away winning races. Um, is that where you saw yourself?
2: For sure. Uh, I don't think anyone lines up to lose, you know? Um, I felt like I had, a, as you said, a really solid year in uh, 2019. And, uh, yeah, I was only getting faster and faster in the off-season, breaking lap times that I had set previously. I was feeling stronger throughout the motos uh, coming into it. But, um, yeah, that was definitely the goal. I wanted to go out and win the title. If not, I wanted to be a podium guy.
0: Yeah, and I think that was... For sure, achievable. Um, Talk a little bit, obviously, you sideways moved from KDM to Husqvarna. It's not, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's the same group, but different motorcycle uh, somewhat. And obviously, you switched teams and and you were riding with the team that we never really got to see happen, which was the Todd Waters – you know, husky uh, effort. Um, Yeah. You know, talk about that a little bit. Obviously, you got to spend a bit of time with Todd beforehand. You guys did that pretty cool team launch out in the sand dunes and whatnot. Um, You know, how was that uh, environment for you before it all stopped?
2: Yeah, it was unreal. Uh, I've got so much respect to Todd and his partner, I think, uh, fiance now, Jill. They took me in, like, one of their own. I was was basically like their kid. Uh, They... Had me dinner every night. Took me around, showed me the ropes. Todd took me riding all the time, along with Jason, his cousin, who's the team mechanic. Um, also his parents. They're awesome people. So yeah, it was it was really cool. I think I, as much as I developed as a rider in my time in Queensland, I developed as a person as well because you know Todd's obviously been around the world. He's been factory in America, factory in Europe obviously factory in Australia. He's won numerous titles and whatever, but he's still, you talk to him and it's like, you would think he's got the attitude of like a C grade lights rider when it comes to motocross light, just not a care in the world, just out there to have fun, hang with his mates. And yeah, that's what I've tried to be like my whole life. But that sort of just cemented it for me. Like you can be the best and not be a copier. Like it's possible.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's odd is, um, super down to earth super humble it's it's funny i think a lot of the the very elite guys like ferris is the same i think he's super um he's actually kind of quiet because he's just so not in it for the limelight or whatever but when you get to know him he's, he's a very chill guy um i think todd different personality type but the same like i think the guys at the very top are pretty humble and happy to be there maybe maybe some of the guys in between have got the egos you know what i mean But, um, so, what was the plan, as in, normally you spend a lot of time down here in Victoria, I know you um, you based yourself out of Ross Beaton's place before, over the last few years as a junior, and, and riding a lot with his crew down here, were you going to uh, stay in Queensland more and ride with Todd, or were you going to kind of hop from Vic to Queensland, like what, what was your plans there? Yeah, well,
2: originally I sort of talked to Todd about going to Ross Australia a little bit, but... I don't know. It worked out that I was probably going to stay in Queensland for the majority of the year. Just, you know, easier and and less cost, obviously. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the plan. You know, me and Todd weren't in the same class. So we were just going to feed off each other and, you know, help each other to be better while we're out training and whatever.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, it's not like you have a conflict racing each other. And and if you're going to have training partners, I mean, odds on two of the fastest guys in each class to ride together every day is not a bad uh, training group, right?
2: Yeah, it would have been
0: unreal. Well, hopefully, this is, uh, we'll we'll bring this up. I don't want to put you on the spot too much and you can answer it as delicately as you want. But um, there's been rumblings uh, in the media that you would be going to uh, MXGP next year. Uh, I don't know how much you can say or not say or whether, you know, you're going to stay home. It's early days, but um, can you can you give the fans a little insight as to where you're headed or what the plans are or is it still negotiations at this stage? Oh, I think we've lost him. Uh, oh, are, you, are you there? Hold up. We thought we conveniently lost you when we asked a hard question there, but I think you just cut out for a second. <laughs> uh no, I think we've definitely lost him in this time. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, but We'll give it one more shot. We might try and call you back in a second.
2: Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> like, hey, let's ask an awkward question. Pew! <laughs> Going through a tunnel. That Yeah, that was perfectly timed. That was timed well. Um, we'll call him back here in a sec. Um, Don El can call him back. but um, He's come a long way. I remember interviewing Regan last year. And compared to now, he's really come a long way with his uh, his interviews, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, he's normally at... Oh, oh, that's all right, way. you can leave that. Yeah. It's authentic.
1: Here he is. He's back.
0: All right, have we got you back, mate? Um, Yo. Yeah,
1: you
2: got yeah,
0: me. Yeah, okay. No, you're not getting out of that question, so uh, we had to call you back real quick. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm <laughs> on a super shit road. I'm sorry.
0: No, nah, it's all but, good. It's uh, all good.
2: Yeah, uh, so, yeah, I can confirm that. There has been talks about Europe with um, certain teams that I'm I'm not going to say. But uh, as for if I'm going or not, I'm really not sure. Uh, The world, as we all know, is in a terrible spot right now. Um, Europe seems to be flaring back up a little bit also. I think a few countries have gone back into lockdown. Some have seen Toronto even just got COVID-19, so... Yeah, it's
0: yeah. pretty crazy out there still. Yeah, I think um, oh, it's probably probably a very difficult time to. I look at Bailey and I look at Nathan, and it's their first year over there, and they've really even Mitch Evans, you know, like being injured and and the, the schedule of having to come back and fly back again it's not an ideal way to start your international career when it's not uh, It's not a normal year. And I think is definitely not going to be a normal year again. That's a logic you could definitely run off, right?
2: Yeah, sadly, that's, that's just how it is. And uh, there's more to the world than motocross. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't know at the moment. That's, that's all I can say, but... No. I guess we'll just wait
0: and see what happens. Yeah, it's still early days. And I think um, more so, I mean, deals normally get done in motocross pretty last minute anyway. But I think 21 is going to be very last minute for, for everything. Um, because number one, we don't really know when the racing is going to start again. But it would, be, it would be cool to see you back in Oz and, and have a shot at racing MX2 because I think um, that's going to be a valuable experience for your international career. So, um, hypothetically, you know, you showed great potential with Supercross um, last season. If you go to the MXGP route, that kind of rules out Supercross, you know, for America. So, is your head at you want to be a motocross guy, or did you really enjoy Supercross and want to explore that? Like, what, what's your thoughts there? Well,
2: I just want to be the best all round rider on a dirt bike there is. So, I want to do everything. Okay. Um, I really, I really enjoyed Supercross. I. My, uh, my friend for Supercross got cut short, obviously. I did, like, a day of Supercross and then found out that I was going to be going to the Nations in Amsterdam, so then I straight away had to go back out to the gnarly bush tracks and just ride endless sand before that, and then I did Nations, did all that stuff, and then I had, like, just over two weeks or something until I had to go, up. and get ready for uh, the first round in Brisbane. So, yeah, I rode Supercross like, I don't know, five times before round one.
0: Jeez, I mean, you uh, could see that as the rounds went on, like, we hit Adelaide, it got a little better, and then Wollongong, and then by X Open, like, it was, you were really, um, really pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, Adelaide was like the wake-up call for me that I could be, decent at this you know it was a it was a proper track it was like a really good size the dirt was good and I was like oh fuck tracks are like this in America like this this could really be a thing because uh Brisbane was super tight I was super tight I was so nervous going out there you know everyone jumps everything second lap and I was just like had to wing it but uh yeah I. I choked at round one and had a little crash and got stuck over the backside of a burn, so that was the end. Oh. Um, I don't. I didn't actually score any points that night, but from yeah. then on, I got better and better. I got a six. It's
0: right, in and out. Kept going. Eight hey we're, uh, we're we're losing you again buddy you're going in and out but um, I think we might call that one here Regan because we've done done a good 15-20 uh, minutes so if you're out in the sticks we'll probably um, probably catch up again soon man but I appreciate you taking the time out to chat to us and um, I hope we see you in Australia next year but um, I also hope that you could maybe get your international career going so either way man um, best of luck for, for getting things figured out for next year yeah no
2: stress sorry about the dramas with the phone, but thanks for having me on and I'll catch you guys
0: real soon. All good, buddy. Thank you. See you,
2: Joe.
0: All right. speaking about the phone. Yeah. <coughs> nah, he, Um. I only called him this morning, so I think he must be out doing something but uh, he he's really improved his whole public speaking. Like I remember interviewing him last year when he was riding MXD on the show and man, he's come a long way. Yeah,
1: you've seen it like we had him obviously doing trackside interviews or post-race interviews on NRG TV. Mm. Um, I mean, he was one of the the better ones in MXD. You find some of those younger kids. They you know, struggle. They yeah, really struggle. They and, it, and I think that's one thing, depending on what platform racing comes back in next year, you'd think media training would be a good thing for a lot of these younger riders as they come through. If you really want to take that next step, mm-hmm. like obviously your riding's got to be, you know, primary but
0: now so more than ever though it's um writing is is a part of the puzzle it just depends where you're going like, i feel like someone like regan uh his writing's gonna be it's, enough it's gonna talk for itself you know but then you look at someone like Cincerillo is one of the best but then he's also one of the most likable so is roxon um you look at tomac yeah um, like he's a kind of guy that Is going to disappear when when his career's over because there's just no personality there. I hate to say it,
1: but... Yeah, it's like talking to a cardboard box.
0: Yeah, but he's so focused on winning. And you look at Villapoto, who was a a full android when he was racing and now he's like the funniest dude ever, like...
1: Yeah, I mean, and it comes along with it. Like, obviously, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Mm. Um, But I think it's one thing that can be an important part of becoming a professional athlete and taking it seriously is you know even if it is just talking to some backwards, backyard podcast like us,
0: I don't think we're that anymore. We have a no, studio. We've come yeah, we've yeah. come a little bit forward. But, but. Um, no, I agree. And look, it's something I've talked about. Uh, I can't remember where I talked about this. It was on a podcast. That I was I think it was the Postmodo in a podcast I did where I got interviewed by those guys, and I was talking about the youngsters, and I'm like they're they're so scared to say anything when they get interviewed, they just say nothing because they don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, they've never been told, hey, just show some personality, be yourself. I think sometimes some of these kids are a bit wild to show all their personality is a tough one to to package. But um,
1: Well, you can look at it. Last night, what was it, NRL grand final? The cheese, uh, Brandon Brandon Smith. You showed me it this morning, yeah. Man, that's – it's like it's professional but not professional, but it's like at least he was confident. And I think that's the biggest thing. You can – sort of be relaxed with it as long as you're confident in what you're saying.
0: you can be honest and, and confidence shines through. Um, but yeah, it, it was cool to hear Regan talking, super confident. And I think, you know, Supercross, um, it, it did a lot for him. You know, I know I spent a bit of time around him and the team at Supercross. We were managing, um, you know, PR and, and uh, socials and everything for Raceline at, at the time. And we're still doing it now, actually. Uh, this year for, for their main businesses with ID Media Group. And um, he, you know, he was really happy to just chat and talk and whenever I needed him to do something on a, a video or Instagram grab or interview, whatever, he was good with it. So, no, it's good to see the the uh, the younger riders evolving. I think him being up there with Todd was going to do a lot for his uh, season or career, whatever, like, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, Todd's one of the best we've seen in this country for a long time. Yeah, um, So... That's always going to rub off on him and, you know, being surrounded by the right people is Mm. going to do the right thing for you. So
0: I think if he does stay here next year with the majority of, not the majority of talent, but a lot of talent being overseas in MX2, like Wilson Todd, um, uh, Baylor Malkowitz, Nathan Crawford, Jed Beaton. Does Webby go over next year or does Mm, he come back? I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? I think Webby's over the MX2 age. Yeah. So that is going to be a hard thing to, to balance Yeah, out. so does he go over there, ride a 450, or stay here and ride 250? Or well, for financially, you know what, you'd try to win a championship over here, um, but it's, it just depends what he wants out of his career. You see these guys go over uh, to the wrong teams. You know, and Luke Sight, up. Caleb Ward, the list is pretty long, Jay Wilson, and it's almost a career killer.
1: So Luckily for those guys, they've been able to turn around and come back here and make something of it again.
0: But it was you know, pretty close, like, where they, they nearly didn't, you know. Mm. You look at Luke Stite's career, to me, if he didn't go to Europe and went straight, you know, he won 13 MX2, he'd have done MX1 14, 15, whatever. His career could have been completely different. I mean, he's killing it in AORC now, so. He's what, E3, I don't know, E1, E2, E3, one of them. he's E1, two or three-time champ. Yeah, um, and he won this year too. He did. But, yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, Webster, maybe we see him go over, maybe we don't. Um but yeah, I think Duffy, I mean, I think Jay Wilson's always fast in MX2. If Webster's here, he's going to be really fast. But you, you got to think Duffy is going to be one of the favourites. He's got to be,
1: yeah, he's got to be up that tail end. Like, I don't want to say he's the favourite, but he's... No, I wouldn't say that. But he's a con- definite contender. And anyone that disagrees with that, mm. they're wrong. We're wrong a lot on this show, but... <laughs> we that- are
0: wrong a lot. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Regan Duffy interview over there in WA, living the dream, just mm. doing in everyday life, which is, is really cool. Do
1: you say he's 150? Did we speak about was, this last nah, show? No,
0: yeah, I was meant to ask about it, yeah. but I forgot. That was yeah, cool. That was really cool. He's been racing it a fair bit too, I think. I think he was racing the 450 class and winning, which is, well, it's just Duffy being Duffy. But Make Moto two-stroke again. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. There's not a lot of two-strokes out there at the moment because everyone owns them. I've spent way too much on mine yeah, since we've been in lockdown. I was looking to do one recently. and uh, You were like, oh, 2001, why is that 250? Eight grand. That's what it was. I was looking at like 09, 250 yammies for probably seven grand or something. It's
1: ridiculous. So anyone out there that's selling a bike and you're overpricing
0: it, stop.
1: Stop it. That's
0: what the market is. Stop it. Everyone's just drawing out their super and going and buy dirt bikes. Why
1: would I go and buy a 2009 YZ 250 for eight grand when I could probably go and buy a new one for 10? Why
0: would you buy a CR125? <laughs> I've had, had that thing right for now.
1: so long. I. Do you know how I got that TR, mate? I had a 2004 YZ 250F,
0: possibly <laughs> the worst bike ever. Yep.
1: And uh, I put it up on Gumtree and a guy goes, would you be interested in swapping? This and is it, some
0: redneck shit, And me. I'm like, this yeah. Is some real redneck shit. I'm
1: like, all right. And he came around and he brought around this CR125 that had a
0: cutout air box. And <laughs> is it militia out?
1: No, no stickers, just Pastrana Ben Barzo, no air box, like cut out for freestyle. And he rode this 250 up the street. And he's like, yeah, mint. I'm, I'm like, oh, right. I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, I'll go talk to dad. Because I was like 16 at the time. And uh, dad's like, yeah. I mean, if he wants to swap for it, go for it. And I walked out to him in the front yard. And old mate was loading my bike into the back of his ute. And I'm like, sweet. Looks like I own a CR125 now. Wow. And now I've not stopped pouring money
0: into it since I got it. Well, there's two minutes of our lives we're never going to get back. Yeah. But, uh, that was a cool story. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> nah, it's look probably the slowest bike ever made but as far as handling oh it turns turns so well yeah they really do Turns
1: so much faster now they'll put so much coating and anodizing and
0: yeah absolutely no be, performance parts be so much faster you're part of the bike build generation now i did a bike build too this year bike build now is just um graphics plastics yeah, yeah. I, I went a little further than that i did too but uh it Took cool, me nine man. weeks to get carbon fiber parts. That it is hard. cool seeing people doing bike builds nowadays because it's good for, the, good for the industry. People
1: doing bike builds is the reason I still have a job right
0: now. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: the amount of things that people are coming into the shops at the moment and they're just like, "Hi, oh, I need wheel bearings for a
0: 1992 Husvana. And I'm like, okay. okay, we're on, let's go. Well, I think this is what we chatted about last time, but being locked down is, is giving people a chance to evaluate what they feel is important and uh
1: dirt bikes are important
0: dirt bikes are important getting out and doing stuff with your friends that's important too so um it's cool to see and we should probably move it along now actually and we'll call adam bailey from ame now disclaimer guys we had a guest from wa on he's just three hours behind in victoria now we've got a guest in queensland who's an hour behind and donnell thankfully reminded me this morning of all these time differences when I started booking in the time slots for the
1: guests. So, yeah, because if the guests remember from, or if the listeners remember from Supercross last year, I reckon there was about six shows in a row that you forgot Daylight Savings. It was nearly every... It's not a hard concept to grasp, all right? Queensland, they're an hour behind
0: us. Adelaide yeah. half an hour behind. I us. just got a WA lot. three hours behind. You know, us. you can take over the booking then. You can be huh? my booking agent. That's not that? hard. Joe Rogan has one. Why don't? Why are you not mine? Because huh? Joe Rogan pays money. <laughs> I pay you money, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Call Bailey. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so um, Adam Bailey from Ame Management. He is the man behind Ozx Open. Uh, along with the uh, sports marketing um, agency that they run there with AME Management. And they've got a lot of ventures going on right now. So it's going to be interesting a chat to um, you press the... Yeah, I know. I'm yeah, just waiting for you to finish your sentence. I'm... <laughs> okay. I'm calling him. Whatever. Okay. Well, we're going to get him on the phone right now and have a chat. Hopefully he answers. He's booked in. There we go. Uh, the man himself, Adam Bailey. How you doing, mate?
3: Yeah, very well. Thank you, mate. How
0: you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. I'm glad. Uh, I was just saying we had Regan Duffy on the show from WA. He's three hours behind, and then I had to send you a Google invite with an adjusted um, time zone to to Queensland, so I'm glad we've, we've worked it out.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well done.
0: No, I appreciate it. Math isn't my strong point. So, um, <laughs> hey, Adam Bailey uh, from Amy Management. Now, Adam, you have recently relocated to... Um, to Queensland to greener pastures since Victoria is still in a state of disarray. So uh, let's start off with that. How how is life up there, mate? How's it all going?
3: Yeah, it's pretty awesome, mate. To be honest, I think um, we're really lucky with what uh, with what we do that we can be flexible with where we're working from. Um, but as sort of Dick went into that second um, sort of wave and lockdown and things, my wife and I packed the car up and, and drove up just we one of the last people to get across the border before cars weren't allowed to, and it's enabled us to be a little bit normal, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been seeing what you're up to on Instagram, and it makes me quite jealous, to be honest. But um, I think you made the right call. So, my question I guess not putting you on the spot, but I've seen obviously a lot of the AME crew are up at Bathurst, and I think um, Sando maybe up in Queensland now. Is this a move you're contemplating for the entire AME operation or is it just you guys are just filling time until you can get back to Victoria?
3: Um, a bit of both. I think what we'll actually do is end up – Sando is up here as well as is Wade and Gus, a couple of our, our team members. But um, I think what we'll end up doing is setting up a bit of a uh, another operation up here. So we're, we've got a base in Melbourne and up here. Um, the reason being, we, we just we have so much work up here in the the – Not just moto industry, but um, V8 Supercars is obviously a big part of what we're involved in too. And the teams are spread up here as well as they are down there. So it's kind of a bit of a natural move that we've talked about doing for some time. And this whole situation just brought it to a head, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I think it's given a lot of people a bit of an opportunity to explore things that maybe when you're so busy in the day-to-day that you don't get a chance to look at. Um, I think there's some good that can come from it. And like you said, you guys have that opportunity now. It makes sense to do it. So... I mean, I've always talked about, um, you know, spending some time in the Winners up at Queensland and now I think the world's a lot more accustomed to this. Um, working remotely, working on the road, whatever you want to call it, um, it's definitely a possibility totally. for, for more people, right?
3: Yeah, totally. And that's the thing for us too, I think. It, it, I mean, our team spends so much time travelling on the road to events and things anyway and, and or shoots or, or what have you because, you know, PR and content production is – you know, 70% of our business and the event's 30%. So that, that, that is a huge component of what we do. So, you know, there is so much travel involved anyway. And the guys that are, that are editing content, for example, can do so from anywhere generally, um, generally speaking. So it definitely makes sense, you know, to, to be able to be, I guess, flexible. And with, with this whole situation, yeah, I mean, it just forced our hand really to, to think, well, if we were in Melbourne, there's, you know, it was really hard for us to do any work um, for any of our clients really, because, um, you know, no, we weren't allowed to shoot and things like that. So it was kind of like, you know, we want to obviously keep the business moving and keep things happening and keep, you know, producing content for our clients. So getting up here was not only the right thing to do for the business, but for us personally, we're, you know, we're pretty stoked with the move as well to be honest.
0: Yeah, for sure. I can, uh, I can see the lifestyle, you know, up there. It's definitely an appealing one. Um, and it's, it's good to see. So before we get into the whole, uh, you know, no supercross this year and everything else, um, you kind of beat me to the punch, but I was going to bring up, obviously your, your business is, is a lot more than just the events, uh, sector, uh, luckily, which is probably a good thing. Cause I've got some friends that are solely in the event sector that run businesses and they're, they're in a, a very bad way at the moment, but, um, you know you and I recently probably as an example of that we collaborated on a, a project for for a, a client that's um you guys did content production for and you know we were doing zoom meetings you were at the the quarantine hotel in, in Queensland I was working from home and the client was in uh in Sydney and and it all came together but um you know how how's the other side of business for you guys with with what you do is it still um you know ticking along uh, reasonably well considering
3: yeah really well thank you I think um yeah I mean The events part came secondary to, to, to AME management. It's two different entities. So AME is a, we're a content production PR, um, agency predominantly, um, sports marketing, sponsorship, those kinds of things really kind of was our main focus for, um, for, you know, the first five or six years before the first, um, AusX Open event, um, which, which come about as a, as a separate Business essentially, and O'SX Holdings we called it, but that really owns the rights to the Supercross and runs the events. Um, but is kind of contracts to those to, to do what we do for that, which is you know all the promotional content, everything you see to do with the events is is run by Ame. But it kind of has meant that um, with this situation, we we'll, we're really lucky because, um, like I said, seventy percent of our business isn't um, isn't our own events, um, so. You know, it meant that we had that flexibility to, to focus more on that and, and that's what we did. We just turned our attention to content. I mean, we we pitched a whole bunch of work, um, you know, we were producing real estate videos, we were doing anything and everything to begin with. I mean, just like anyone really, we were kind of just hustling to make sure we, we had enough work coming in um, and it, it's been actually quite a positive, to be honest, as much as we obviously miss events and we're upset that the Supercross series wasn't able to happen this year and et cetera, but for us as a business it's just been an opportunity to sit back and um, have a breather and take a or take a deep breath and then look over everything and see what we're doing right see what we're doing wrong how can we improve and you know really sort of take stock um where it's been a you know since we worked on X Open since 2013 or 14 um you know with the first event in 2015 and then since then it's been you know mental because we're obviously trying to keep growing year on year Marvel Stadium was a huge undertaking and our team didn't really grow so it's kind of like we've been massively you know under the pump and running a lean operation for a few years now so this year to be able to have a bit of time to sort of take a deep breath and and look back over it all and you know like i said learn from our mistakes and things we want to improve on and etc and, and and just have an overall refresh has been we we're, we're pretty lucky to be honest
0: yeah i agree i can relate you know um, you know i started this uh, business I'm in right now the the digital marketing agency uh, about a year and a half ago and it's been been a real blessing in disguise and not have to travel this year and and focus solely on growing that and and it, it is now a standalone that it's sustainable away from you know going to the races be doing the event side of things and obviously i miss it same as you guys but um sometimes doubling down on what you do in the real world it, it's only going to build a stronger foundation for for the event side of things um
3: totally yeah totally i agree
0: which is good to see and and uh just on a side note you know you speaking i listened to the gypsy tales podcast that you did yesterday um and that was a really cool interview so for you guys listening to this one um make sure you go check that out because adam did a long a long form with uh with jace from gypsy tales and um yeah, you guys went into depth about, you know, the success of OzX and, and, you know, your thoughts kind of somewhat what we did on the last pod you and I did, um, Adam with the, you know, the, the sport of motocross supercross pod, but, um, yeah, good, good for people to listen to you go check that out. So let's move into that now, obviously, um, not a shock at this point, but no supercross for 2020, um, maybe just give the, the industry listeners and the fans a little bit of insight into, you know, what went into that decision. It's probably pretty obvious, but you can give us a rundown in your own words about I'm sure this was a, a looming a looming outcome for you guys since probably March when this reared its head on, on a global scale.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think like right from that point in March, we were, we, were quite, um, we were stressed about AusX Open, you know, mainly we were kind of like, wow, because I mean that event, obviously is such a large scale needs you know it needs a lot of people a lot of spectators it relies on national athletes and all that kind of thing um and so we were really like yeah this is not looking good um but what we did do we we prolonged and pushed out a decision on it formally until july and the reason was i mean we didn't know what was going to happen neither did anyone for all we knew it was going to open back up in june and everything was going to be sweet but we pushed it out to July, so that gave us time to work with Visit Victoria, who's our obviously major government partner, to um, extend our agreement with them. So basically, you know, cut out 2020, pretend it didn't happen, and then bolt a year onto the end of it. It's a three-year arrangement. So um, we didn't want to announce anything until we made sure that we had that in place for them, you know. So, so that was a bit of a strategy move on us to make sure that we didn't um, come out and say, oh, yeah, we, we can't do it this year. Um, before we had that in place with them, we really wanted them to agree in writing that the agreement would be extended on um, at the end. So we didn't just lose a year. Um, So once we did that, that kind of, you know, we felt like, and we we knew that we could pull an event together from July, August. If we had to, that shorter run in, we could actually do it. And we didn't want to, but we could. So we sort of thought, let's just make that the line in the sand that, you know, um, that we can pull the, pull the pin on it. Um, But then, I guess following that, or when we sort of knew that was happening, we kept working on in the background um, the Australian Championship, and uh, to, to to push that harder, and even thought about running around ourselves of that um, in Geelong as a as a replacement for the Open. You know, not relying on international visitors, um, and 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 obviously smaller scale, less overheads than an event at Marvel. So, and and easier to do the um, being outdoors, easier to to run COVID-safe plans, etc. So. We actually got quite a long way down the track um, with them um, to, to have an event there, and we felt pretty confident about it at one stage that the Australian Championship—you know—we could at least get three events up. You know, one in one in Vic, one in New South, one in Queensland. It'd be a strong, you know, three event, three good event series, um, and you know, uh, and that'll be not too bad a result for 2020. But with the, the second big wave in Melbourne, and when that in Victoria, and when that really hit, we kind of got to a point where we're like even if we can hold an event later in the year um riders can't travel into state or the victorians haven't even been out of practice because they're not allowed to and just it just got to a point where it just wasn't going to be a level playing field whereas i mean at the moment if you're going to hold a, an event in queensland like you really could you could you could have a crowd you could have you know you could pretty much do everything that we do essentially in queensland you know for a super for a really strong supercross event but you know the victorian teams of which honda and yamaha are the, the two biggest teams are based in Victoria. Um, none of them would be able to come up without quarantining, which is a huge cost, and um, and let alone for privateers and things and um, people that are in Victoria. When or still aren't allowed to practice, so we're going well. You know, it's not a fair Australian championship if people you know can't practice or you know they're going to have to spend thousands of dollars to quarantine to come up, and we just don't have the the um, the infrastructure. I don't mean sort of like building infrastructure, but the infrastructure in terms of, you know, um, from a a staffing and operations perspective to do like a supercar style hub or those kinds of things, you know, which would have been amazing if we could figure something like that out. But, you know, there just wasn't the the possibility for us to do it like that, unfortunately. So we just had to make the call, you know, earlier rather than later to say that Supercross won't run. And we felt that that also, we worked with them on that decision and we felt that that gave them the best opportunity to try and get a motocross championship up because they were trying to push their dates back and back and and trying to make that work Um, but with supercross there it was kind of blocking them too so we kind of collaborated together and and said you know let's um, pull the pin on supercross and hope that they can get a motocross series up but unfortunately that didn't work out either
0: yeah and probably something I wanted to touch on I know there was a big rally of um, the industry trying to get a a model for the motocross, um, which is obviously now Pro MX uh, for uh, for this year and beyond. The new branding with MA at the head of uh, promoting that series, but is that something? To, I'm I'm sure I'm sure you had multiple months of, of phone conversations with guys like Yareev and Dacker and everybody in between that was trying to find a way to salvage the season. Um, did you get a lot of backlash from the industry, or was this something that they they all you know? I think everyone wholeheartedly accepted it more that supercross probably wasn't going to be possible. And there was a hope for motocross. Is that the reception you guys got?
3: Yeah, it got to a point And even, you know, I mean, we spoke to a lot with the brands and manufacturers, et cetera, too. Um, you know, first and foremost, even before speaking to the teams because there was a time there where the teams were really desperate to get something up because obviously they've got sponsors that they need to deliver value to, and they don't want to be, you know, giving refunds for sponsorship dollars, et cetera. But, um, the manufacturers are the ones we sort of spoke to first and foremost, but it was actually them that kind of just said, you know, if we can't do it properly, we can't activate the way we want to, and this whole thing's going to be rushed, we'd rather not do it. So, you know, let's, let's, um, let's not do it for this year, sit it out, because, you know, it's just getting shorter and shorter. And as you know, the shorter the time frame, the less you can activate properly and, and, and do things properly, which is what they want to do. They're just not, you know, no one, no one was interested really in throwing something together for the sake of throwing it together. It really got to a point where, you know, it's like okay, this is the best move for everyone is to just chill out. Um, it's not going to happen. We're all disappointed, but you know, even to this point right now, Victorians still wouldn't be able to get to a, a national championship, so it still wouldn't be fair. So it's definitely the right decision.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and I think you guys making the call early was definitely the right thing, and it, it played out the only way it was really going to play out. And I think you guys managed it very well, to be honest with you. So hats off to you guys there, because. Uh, a lot of stakeholders and a lot of people uh, to keep happy it's not an easy job um
4: nah.
0: <laughs> as i'm you know i'm sure you're well aware but um you know i'm sure i think we had you on the pod after marvel i think yeah we did and i know we chatted about what a success the event was um kind of a bittersweet deal for you guys now that that not only you know Ozax didn't happen but you know, I felt like the Australian championship as a whole made a, a pretty decent leap forward in 2019. Um, you know, obviously it gives you a year to reanalyze and try to rebuild for 2021, but um, losing a bit of momentum possibly, but you know, a year to evaluate too. Right.
3: Yeah. I think, I mean, we also look at it. I mean, it's funny because you kind of like at this stage, the OzX Open is still the la- the last event anyone was at. So, yeah there's still a positive vibe and and that was the thing where you know when we talked about supercross and also motocross you know if we could get you know a a second rate event up you know in inverted commas so that people are out racing again that is that really going to help us or hurt us you know whereas at this stage anyone that 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 um was involved you know in the sport last year you know and i appreciate the kind words you know supercross did finish off strong and we're really proud of how it finished um, you'd rather that be the last one that everyone remembers at this point, you know, and kind of go, you know, rather than just kind of, like I said, throw something together that you can't have crowd, you can't have activations, you can't have all the things that make an event special um, and and not be able to do them. It was kind of like, you know, we, we're just, we'd rather do things properly or not at all. And that, that unfortunately, was the decision that had to be made.
0: No, that makes sense. I actually never thought of it that way. Where you you set a certain standard, and then there's no way you can go back and and do a half-assed event just to do it right. So, um, mm,
3: exactly. Well, people don't know. You know, as as you well know, like people don't know the ins and outs of behind the scenes and why you've made certain decisions, why you've done this, why you've done that, and so you know, if you were to limit certain things, all because of COVID rules or or budget because the industry didn't have the money or whatever it could be, people don't know why and they just assume it's a half-assed job and that, that's just not what we want to do so you know when we do come back and when events run again they'll be awesome and they'll be better than they were last year and you know we wouldn't do it any other way i guess
0: uh that makes sense mate um as far as the australian championship as a whole i know you are you know you guys hold the commercial rights i believe to the series and then different promoters take on different rounds and you guys choose to focus on um obviously nz and and uh, X. Um, how's that model working? I know that it's, uh, it's a different model to say, obviously Supercross in America. And for obvious reasons, there's no way you guys would be able to do five or six OzX opens all over the country. We've seen that with SuperX in the past and it's just not financially viable. But, um, do you feel like you're able to, um, you know, it's starting to generate a bit more consistency, uh, with the different promoters? Is that something that is obviously a goal for the long-term development of the championship?
3: Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think it's definitely going in the right direction. And I mean, um, this year, you know, we'll be next year, we were taking another step um, in terms of the, the role we play, which was to manage sponsorships um, as well for it and, and, and manage um, the process of bringing on a TV broadcaster and production and things like that. So we'd committed to having television broadcasts for this year's series, Um, you know, post-produced. Ozx Open would be live as it has been, but the rest of them at least a post-produced television broadcast, which um, we think would be really strong. Um, And that was the role, that was something that we were going to do as well as um, manage the sponsorship uh, for the series as opposed to just our own because we realise that from an industry perspective, they're kind of, it's a bit frustrating for them all to deal with different promoters for different things and, and for us to make sure that there's, a consistent message and consistent standard of um, delivery when it comes to sponsorships and things. You know, if, if um, one entity is taking care of it, then you know it, it, it's much more, um, much easier to do properly. So that was something that we we're going to do this year, and we'll do next year. So we'll be playing a lot bigger role in that. Um, and who knows? We might we might take on more responsibility or um, promotion of, of another event or two as well. So. Yeah, it's um, not that we're not. um, It's not that we're against it or didn't want to do it. It was just kind of more, you know, we're resourced. um, Only we're only a small team. AusX Open and Sx Open are two massive undertakings, and you know, um, we just had to take our time before biting off more.
0: Yeah, uh, sorry you cut out there a bit, mate, but I I got the gist of it. No, it's and I don't think people understand for the for the most part. Um, You know, I worked the uh, the TBE events that were obviously Brisbane. Adelaide and Wollongong and uh you know we did uh you know the three rounds did the post-production tv show for Wollongong and man there's a lot that goes into these events that people don't don't see and your two events tacked onto that at the end they're they're massive resources as far as people and and funding and planning and uh to just say oh just take on more events or do this or do that it's a long-term plan that has to be executed uh correctly otherwise it's not a it's not viable right
3: yeah, that's right, and that's—I mean, it's like everything we've done in terms of, I think what we've learned the most um, from looking at other promoters previously and Super X being the main one, is that it had to be it has to be a slow, um, a slow growth, you know, and slow and, and sustainable growth. If we try to do too much too soon, we felt that, that it'd be a great way to lose a shitload of money and, and fail, and and um, and that's not what we want to do, obviously. So, everything we've tried to do is grow um, in a manageable. You know, way and, and same as having OzEx open in Sydney, whilst it was a small stadium, and um, we copped some backlash for that. We did that, you know, purposely um, to give us um, time to grow, grow the brand, get our heads around it before we go to a huge stadium like Marvel, which, which you know, we're, we're very glad we did. So, the next step for us could be being involved in more events potentially, um, and uh, and and you know, playing a bigger role to make sure that you know we want to lift the the series as much as we can as a whole, not just not just our own events. So. Um, you know, we, we really care for the series and want to see it it flourish, which I think, you know, last year, um, TBA guys did a great job, you know, um, and, and so, you know, we want to provide as much support to them or any other promoter um, as we can, um, as well as grow our own events and potentially do more of those. So, the, you know, the plan is for the overall series to grow as a, as a part of that.
0: No, I think you guys are on the right track and, um, you know, I think, like I said, it's a shame that we've lost this year, but in the grand scheme of things, I think when next year rolls around and hopefully there's some normality back, I think it could be a great thing for everyone to have took a year breather. And Because you know yourself, Adam, you've been in the industry longer than I have, and you just end up traveling year after year, and it's the same faces, the same tracks for the most part, not always yeah. the same stadiums, but it does become a little bit like Groundhog Day. And um, Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know if I missed the travel this much. I mean, you you just had a young, um, I I believe you had a daughter uh, yourself and I just had my second child. Our daughter's three months old and it's like, man, if if we were traveling like crazy this year, I don't know if I'd have been able to pull this off with two kids, but um, a year to reset for everybody. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement and a lot of um, maybe innovation. Like People have had time to think about things, hopefully, because... You know there's a lot of old there's a lot of old guys in our industry, Adam, you know that's the truth, they, they've been in here a long time and uh, I think you know with the teams, the mechanics, whatever it is, like a lot of these guys are they're lifers if, if that makes sense totally
3: um, totally yeah, and it's an amazing amount of passion involved which is which is incredible and and one of the great things about the sport but but also similarly you know it's great to get fresh ideas and fresh look and like I said take a step back have some time to think about it, have some time to think about improving and research and all those things that, you know, having a bit less on your plate, a bit less travel, you know, really gives you the benefit of. So I think, yeah, I mean, I'm 100% confident that next year will be, you know, providing next year, you know, we keep talking about next year. I think everyone does in the hope that coronavirus will piss off from December 31st onwards. But, you know, we're obviously hopeful that being at the end of the year that we will have the ability to run events the way we want to do them and any show we're, we're certain they'll be better
0: than they ever have been before yeah I, I think that that is uh, you know I'm looking forward to Supercross 21 I, I think um, you know you guys you're doing a great job and uh, you know I think we can keep repeating ourselves there but I think you've got the long term vision hopefully sustainably growing the series and, and taking it to the new level is, is something that I think AME is capable of so um, hey mate I know you're probably busy it's a Monday and I appreciate you taking the time out during the day to talk to me so um, I'll let you go but uh Appreciate it and um, enjoy the sun up there in Queensland. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite jealous still. So you, you guys keep living the dream up there,
3: mate. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. I mean, um, I'm at I'm walking around SeaWorld, taking our, our our little one around to see that for the first time. So I, uh, I definitely can't complain. And like I said, having this time has uh has definitely meant some more time at home, which is good when you've got a a, a new child. So I'm uh, definitely gonna enjoy that and. And then there's no, no doubt when the travel starts again and, and we all start kicking into full gear, it'll be, it'll be full gas. So we might as well look at the, uh, the glass half full and make the most of this, this quiet time and plan for a huge 2021.
0: That's it, mate. Looking forward to seeing you guys coming out swinging next year, hopefully. And um, I'm sure we'll chat soon. So, uh, all right, thanks for the time, Adam. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. See ya. All right, guys. Adam Bailey from uh, AME Management. Um, ame agency as well and that was uh you always you always know a good interview is going to come out of adam darnell he's pretty polished when it comes to this stuff but
1: yeah i mean he's as professional as they come and he's as passionate as they come too so you know it's it's good to have people like adam in the sport and we talk about that progression and where the sport's going from where it's come from and you look at the first ausx i mean i went there as a fan as many people did Mm. And, yeah, they copped a bit of backlash for the small stadium, but that is still, in my mind, probably one of the best Supercross rounds that I've ever been to. Yeah, okay. Like, Marvel you know, Marvel was good. It was really, really good. Um, I took it from a different perspective being on the floor there. But that first one in Sydney and all those rounds in Sydney were awesome.
0: Well, I think it's because it, it had never, not never been done, but it had been so long in Australian Supercross since we saw an event of that quality um and i remember when i first heard the pr oh you know it's good i was like oh yeah whatever supercross in sydney cool like it's the final round didn't really and then once the buzz started to build and i took notice like oh okay they're bringing out um webb and reed and yeah okay this is a bit more legit and then when you saw it on tv for the first time um, it was legit was what was the first year was it 15 15. Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah i remember watching that and and that that almost spurred my my 16 comeback um, I watched X on the couch with a ruptured ACL and MCL and 16 from crashing at, uh, at the second round in Brizzy, but, um, you know, wanted to be a part of that event. Like I was like, I want to be a part of those events. Like it was cool.
1: Yeah. Know? From the first one that I was at, it was sort of like, all right, I want to be involved in this. How do I get involved with this? Mm. I finally got there, um, by badgering and badgering and badgering and finally got me spot. But
0: yeah, you. It's, worked, it's, um, that's the thing
1: about an event like that. How many years have you
0: worked Ozx?
1: I, I did. I've only done the one X. Yeah. Uh, I did some supercrosses with TBE. Yep. And then obviously MXM with WM. Mm. Uh, yeah, so yeah. That was another one that was cool. I really enjoyed Geelong Supercross in eighteen. Yeah. At a at big skill stadium, Sydney cool. Park, whatever that, they call that was it. Cool.
0: Yeah, it's um, that. That was a good event.
1: That yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, as a non Oz x it was sort of like the next premiere Supercross. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think they just transferred that over to, Geelong, uh, no, Geelong, to Wollongong. Yeah, definitely. You know, um,
1: it was that same model, that same yeah. vibe around the track. It was just...
0: And Wollongong was a killer event as well, you know. That was a killer weekend. <laughs> killer financially for you. Oh, yeah. Um, so much money that weekend. But yeah, I enjoyed... I really enjoyed Wollongong. Something about being on the beach with the stadium... I mean, I got to commentate that event too, which is really fun.
1: Yeah, I um, think that's a stadium that I'd, I'd like to see us go back to and race in, um, in one way or another. Obviously, it's I not; it's probably not the capacity to run an X. So obviously, we want to keep that at
0: Marvel, but... I think, I, th- I hope at least that TBE are going to come back and do that one with the Motorcycle Expo. Like, it had a nice balance to it. Um, but, yeah, no, it was nice to hear from Adam Bailey AME, and uh, he's, a, he's a professional, as always. It takes time out to chat to us, so appreciate that, Adam. And, yeah. Um, Hopefully those guys are going to come out and be able to be swinging for 21 with this whole COVID craziness. Yeah, um, I think
1: he was right on the money too in saying, you know, why run a second tier series this year for the sake of running one? Yeah, when, uh, I agree. And he was right, you know, you look at X last year. it was pro- It's the biggest Supercross we've ever had. Mm. Everyone enjoyed it. Yep. So let's keep that in the memory of that's what our Supercross is.
0: Yeah, that's our standard now. Let's
1: not take a step back from yeah. there.
0: Which, look, the only way Supercross is going to work this year, if we could get across the state borders, was to have it in regional showgrounds, which, look, for one We've round. We've done it before it, and it, it doesn't work. One round here or there, yeah, if you need a round, but not the whole series. It just doesn't do it justice. But um, good to chat to those guys. All right, so, look, we didn't chat about AMA yet. Probably no, got, we didn't. So, let's talk about AMA in five minutes, then we'll get Milner on the phone. Right here. So, AMA wrapped up. Um, yeah. Osborne was your 450 champ. And Fernandes was your 50 champ. Yes. And um AC is second
1: in points 450. Yeah. Which wasn't very impressive. That was a very good rookie year. Yeah. Um, I said it on the last show that we did that if Osborne wins, you put an asterisk against it. And if AC wins, you, you don't. don't. Yeah, I remember. But that. I take that back. That was, you know. Now Osborne it deserves, deserves it. a tough season.
0: Would he if Eli was at his prime, would he have still won? Why wasn't Eli at his prime? Well, I mean, it's the million-dollar question, but I think he challenges him either way, mm. personally. Um, but it was really cool to see Osborne coming of age, getting that title. Uh, I think he's going to be a, real, a long time coming. Real dark horse in Supercross next year. I think he's going to have a shot at doing really well. Well, he um, finished Salt Lake well. Mm. So um, Chase Sexton is going to be a. You know, he really showed what he's capable of. How dope was that Alpine star Oh, the gear? Jordan, yeah. Oh to 23 that's awesome so sick um good team kenny's teammate supercross next year is going to be interesting um i think i mean there wasn't a whole bunch of guys to talk about in outdoors because there was just not that much depth in mx1 um maybe we should chat about the whole geico oh yeah that that you know they try to get it together not good looks like the lawrence brothers are going to go to factory honda in-house
1: yeah I still can't believe that J-Mart went back to star after the...
0: I can. Yeah, I really... I thought, know there was I bad really blood, d- but... I thought he was going to PC. I really did. Apparently, Mitch was willing to spend his own money to get yeah. get him. But you know what it is? At the end of the day, he knows he's going to be able to win on that bike. It's a fast bike. And Yamaha know he's going to be able to win on that bike. So I'm sure they just both got in a room and said, hey, let's squash the Let's beef. just hug it out. Yeah, and sign for a bunch of money and go win races. Yeah, Christian that's gonna Craig, be a big team. Christian Craig going there. Yeah, the 450 team going there. The amateurs, the amount of amateurs they got. Yeah, I mean that's a that's the new powerhouse. That's the pro circuit of the mid 2000s right here. Yeah, yeah, you know, hundred percent. Um, so with that being said, um, 450s next year. Eli comes back for Supercross. I know we're supposed to be talking about outdoors, but everyone kind of already knows what's happening. Yeah. But um, for Anders, to a 450, which I think he's going to be very competitive on. Yeah, you
1: reckon? He's got an aggressive yeah. riding style, put him on an aggressive bike, that four fifty. If Star can get that Yamaha four fifty to where it needs to be. Yeah. And if anyone's gonna do it, I know it's weird to say
0: that the factory team wasn't doing it right, but they weren't. Well, look, I interviewed Ferris when he came back from AMA and and He rode that bike. He rode that bike. And he basically said without being able to say it It was not good. It was not the bike that he needed to get on the podium or get in the top five. He said he was capable of doing it. But the bike he he didn't say it, but he said it. The bike wouldn't let him. Mm. I don't think the team was receptive to his changes. and i th- I've heard that from the media in America for years that that team is very rigid in its structure and how it does things. and so we're going to see the team's gone away. the team's disbanded and it's now star. Um, so does you know does Plessinger sort it out? he had two years of of injuries and he well he's back with the team that he knows too. So and he was very be, good with
1: star and he was, was very happy with star.
0: You know, you got Swan and Pole training him again, most likely, like all of that training group dynamic that he probably hasn't had. Yeah, and he thrived off that. He did. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. It's a lot of silly season stuff going over there right now. A lot of, lot of guys without rides. Yeah, Marchbank's going to Club Mex, like he won Daytona. Yeah, but I guess once they'd made their, I I do question, to me is like, it's clear with pro circuit, like they kept Jordan Smith, who's been injured for why five years why? in a row. Nothing against Jordan, but, no, but but look, you know that he's fast enough to win races, yeah. Are
1: they putting all their eggs in the um
0: uh Fortnite basket? Yeah.
1: Uh, Sorry, blanked out there.
0: Probably. I mean, he, he's the fastest guy on the team. I know they've got that Amish kid coming up, what's his name? Um what's his name? Uh I forget. Hamaker. that's it. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming through. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. So, Like
1: McAdoo had a pretty good year. McAdoo's cool, man. Yeah. McAdoo's cool. Well, uh, yeah, uh, when was he out here? 18? Eight. Riding
0: a Penrite bike? Yeah, yeah. I remember... X? I remember being at the track. I was with um, Andy Ninakal and Josh Brewster. We were at the Supercross track mm. at one of the tracks in Victoria. And it was like a Sunday... And he came out for like one of the last rounds. Do you remember? Yeah, it was OzX. And this Geico bike, not Geico, this, this Penrod bike just rides down the hill. And for you guys listening, it's this track in the hills. You'll know what I'm talking about. He I rides down the about. hill and and he's got his gear on. He's got no numbers on his back. He's got no numbers on the bike. And we're like, who's that? And he just got jumps on this track and just starts absolutely shredding. Shredding. And we're was like, that when Was that when Andy just sort of packed the bike up and went home or? I I think we were done with our motos, but he's been busting my balls all day. So yeah, he yeah, did yeah, he did yeah. pack up and go yeah. home. No. You backed <laughs> out, Andy. Um and yeah, and then he stopped and took his helmet off and he was like, Oh hey, on camera, and it was like, Oh, McAdoo, he's over here. Okay. Like yeah. that, that that wasn't that, that wasn't public knowledge. Anything we knew of. And and he's like, Yeah, I'm racing. It was like two days before the next round or something. Um that track's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. I just don't want to name it no. because it's like <laughs> yeah. it's not a secret, <laughs> but yeah. Um but yeah, McAdoo's cool, man. Um, he's gonna have a good year. And any, any any other standouts for you in motocross that you can think of?
1: Well, obviously, Jet win in the last round. Like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, because Justin Cooper with the butt patch. The like, dog you want to talk a big game? Yeah, there it that's is. A, that's a good way. That was a good way for Jet to finish. Yeah, obviously, to go out and talk smack and then, and back, then it up. back it up. Yeah, that's perfect. I think, and he, I don't know, like obviously. Jet's going to be fine. He's mm. proved it all year. Yeah. If Hunter can get himself right,
0: yeah. I wonder Hunt what so that like. He what does that in? His, uh, again? But I mean, like he'll get surgery. They'll put him on his coast. He'll be fine. Well, he's riding. If they, if it is
1: what they are saying it is, an in-house HRC 250. Yeah. If they can get Roxon back from all those arm injuries. Yeah. I'm sure they can get Hunter back from a I shoulder. I think the
0: thing was he was trying to just ride through it, which you just can't. You know. And not when it's popping out mid moto. You can band-aid it, strap it, therapy it, but it's it's always going to be lingering. So, Who, oh, did you see um, Cody Cody Shook riding the new Honda Four Fifty? Yeah, the last round. I wonder how like how does that work with homologation rules? Uh, well, it's coming out for retail soon, so yeah, it's allowed. It's, it's allowed. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, so let's talk about uh, Moto Concepts. Looks like they've got a whole new rider lineup. Do you see that? Savarchi, yeah. Benny Bloss, yeah. Who else did I going Vince Freeze, and um, there was one more. There was one more. Who was it? Uh oh, Macarath.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one. Yeah, Macarath. That's that's a big team.
0: That's a big team. Where's he'll go? I don't know. Club of Max with his brother. Yeah, I don't know, man. That his decision making has always been a bit questionable to me. Like he just seems to bounce around a little bit. Hey.
1: Yeah. I've I seen
0: know. some Instagramming riding a Honda at home, but um, they're kind of free-spirited, the Hill brothers. I think they just do – what they do them. That's what we'll say. Yeah. But nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Josh Hill. I've only met him a couple of times. I don't really know Justin at all. We but had him on the show. We did. Um, no, he's down-to-earth guy, so he still shreds a bike, that's for sure. But that's going to be interesting to survive. So who goes to JGR now? Uh, if anyone at all goes to JGR. JGR. yeah looks like HEP Motorsports is growing. Like Anstey, I think, is going back there. He had a really good year. Considering he destroyed his heels in Supercross. Like mm. that, to me, even being out there is impressive. Yeah. I mean, what was the whole shot at the Mudder? Yeah. It, Everyone. Um, Loretta's? Yeah,
1: Loretta's. Everyone's going Suzuki's slow, Suzuki's slow. Martin hole shots. Anstey hole shots. Yeah. No, dude, those Suzuki's are not slow. Yeah. No. do you say that because you got
0: one? mine is slow yeah <laughs> because because you're riding it no yeah yeah. no it has a stop motor on it and a pipe like it goes alright Um, but I think you know those guys would have worked the things and they have a lot they have a decent amount of torque like I think my next step for my bike will be a high compression piston and ignition maybe change some gearing it'll be I had to ride myself back into shape to be able to to handle that kind of of power
4: yeah
1: so. you're looking thinner I see you can wear the white gear again now <laughs> The stomach sort of gone. Oh man! Never idea.
0: Why did you do that? All white gear, Yamaha test day. Um, I'm just gonna choose to not comment on this and move on because anything I say to end all dad bods. Canon will be used against me. on Instagram. Yeah, honestly, Honestly. I didn't know it got that bad. Yeah, 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 Yeah. straight up. Um, all right, hey, let's on on a switch up from America. Let's get Milner on the phone. We'll talk to him and uh, talk about the um 2020 off-road championship that wasn't him being the champ everything in between this is going to be uh factory kdm daniel milner we're going to get him on the phone in just a second i think we've got him right now daniel milner welcome to the show mate how's you going good good we, we didn't get a facetime call out here i don't think you got internet down there in the in the sticks but um we'll have to settle with a regular phone call
5: yeah,
0: that's a, that's a bit rough out here, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so hey, um, we've had uh, we've had Regan Duffy on the show. We've had Adam Bailey, and and just to mix it up, we thought we'd throw in some uh, some AORC and off road content. And we thought we'd bring on the the uh, the champ from the abbreviated schedule, you the E2 and the outright champion for the uh, the 2020 AORC series. Um, how surreal was that? Kind of getting the championship after not really going racing all year.
5: Yeah, it's weird. Um, obviously, normally we uh, we get to celebrate with our team and uh, as we cross the finish line. So um, to celebrate it at home in the shed, I think it's a bit different. That's for sure. But um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a championship. I'm claiming it. That's for sure. So we uh, we put in a hard preseason, and obviously the uh, the money and the time and effort that goes into you know the preseason and the first the first three rounds. You know, even if it, um, you know got cut, cut short like it did. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely a lot of, a lot of hard work that we put in. And, uh, yeah, to, to be called a championship, you know, I think it was better well, off being called a championship than then them three three rounds at the start of the year getting thrown out altogether. So, um, you know, at least we've got one championship for the year
0: it's true I mean you know we were at Toowoomba it was it was a different world back then at the start of the year but um you know for all intents and purposes to not give you guys a championship at all would have been a a rough gig right so um that was cool to see and uh and I guess for the listeners Dan like let's um let's give a bit of a rundown like what what does your year look like I mean we spoke to Regan Duffy like he went out and got a job in the end because he had to go back to WA and there was no racing you know um you and I have worked on your coaching program and getting that off the ground and, and getting that moving for you with, with everything. And and you've been doing a bit of that. But uh, how, how is, you know, you train all, all pre-season. You have been a racer for, for a long time that this is what your year looks like. How's the adjustment been so then all of a sudden being in limbo and not knowing what, what each week or month is going to look like?
5: Yeah, well, that, that's the hard part, eh? Like, I literally... think... We started training, uh, I think it was December. Um, We started going real hard then. Um, And, you know, we we went all the way up to round one there and just made sure that we were prepared and ready to go into the season. And then uh, obviously doing round one and two and then then also three. Um, And then the the fourth round, which was meant to be the Sunday after, obviously, round three, that got canned by, we got rained out. Um, So, you know, we thought, Oh, yeah, it's rained out, whatever. You know, we just sat round, we'll, we'll worry about it next. But, you know, at the time, that's when everyone was talking about the coronavirus. And it was, uh, but, you know, we, we've never had enough like that, So we didn't think too much about it. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, once we got home and they said, you know, next round's postponed, we we're like, oh, God, oh, well, you know, maybe we don't have, you know, one round. And then it just kept going. It just, uh, obviously, they kept postponing and then cancelling. And then, um, you know, I'd buy about, I think you know around June time, around there, I, I just same thing. I decided to go out and get a bit of work. I um, went and help my old boy um, building. So he was doing the shearing quarters up north in uh, New in South Wales, out of, out of Broken Hill there. So I thought, you know, just why we weren't racing, and there was I didn't want to sit at home doing nothing, and the training thing, I kind of not that I put it on hold, but I definitely backed her down a bit, knowing uh, you know that at the time they were saying if we were going to go back racing, they were going to give us a six-week notice. So, um, yeah, I pretty much just backed her down and made sure that we did a little bit just to, you know, make sure that we, uh, yeah, pretty much were, were if we did go racing again, that I could go come out swinging again. But, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely weird, that's for sure. You know, waking up and not knowing what to do and, uh, where normally we've got a schedule that we're up, um, either we going riding to the track or out cycling or we're doing something every day. So, um, to, to not know what to do, but then also, um, going to work, I guess we've got a reality of, uh, being a real human for once. So that was, that was also good. I didn't mind working, uh, obviously not doing it all the time. So getting out and doing a bit of chibi work with the old boy wasn't too bad. And then I got out of my body pad and did a bit of work in that too. So, um, to be honest, it hasn't been as, as uh, bad as it could be that's for
0: sure yeah you definitely got around a little bit there i know you and i we know we speak quite uh, regularly and, and we work on a few projects together and um Trying to get you with no phone service You're out building shearing sheds And you're doing this I'm just like, man There's some redneck shit going on here But um, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's cool that you were keeping busy I mean, you're doing the best you can With, you know With the frustrating year And obviously you've got um, You know, you've got your daughter You know, young family Obviously spending some time at home Is a good thing there too, right?
5: Yeah, for sure Obviously, uh, you know As the schedule went ahead As like it was going to It was going to be a pretty busy year for me So um, To be able to you know, I get to spend the majority of it here, um, majority of the year home with, with uh, yeah, my own daughter and um, my fiance, it's, uh, it's been good, you know, we've always done it, we did a bit more than we would have, but um, <laughs> 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 it's, 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 that's what you are getting. Like so no, it's, honestly, I've been loving it, i am just been able, able, able to adapt here, I guess to say, you know, we did a few rounds there at the start, we I made mean, sure that, yeah, we did what we needed to do, but then, yeah, it's I guess you'd call it a gap year, get to chill out and, and do some different stuff and um, obviously, you know, it's not a normal year, we've been all grown masks and everything like that, so we haven't been able to go to snowfields and uh, you know, do, do some cool stuff like that but, um, you know, you're still able to, to get away and I enjoy my hunting and stuff like that, so I've been able to get away, um, do hunting and, and also, you know, when we go up to the station we go up to, um, you know, near to there, go pig hunting and everything like that, so it has been cool to be able to get away and do that, where we, we don't get away as often. Obviously, when we're
0: when we're racing. Yeah, true. I think I think everyone I've spoken to today said the same thing. It's been nice to have a reset and perspective, and and obviously you'd have preferred to be out there winning races and cash and bonus checks, but um, you know, it is what it is. It's been the same for everybody, and I think hey, at least for you off road guys, like at least you got some racing in. Like the motocross supercross guys, you know, they they haven't raced since X Open. Last year, it's going to be over, Geez, it'll be a year and a half before they get a national gate drop again by the time they're at the first round of, of, of the of the Prime X Series next year, you know?
5: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it is it is heartbreaking to see, you know, the, I've been training with a lot of them guys over the off-season and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, the time and effort that, you know, Kyle Webster, for instance, you know, the, I was training with him with Ross and he was training so hard and he was on point. Like, it was, it was pretty impressive to see, you know, what he was, towards the end of the year to what he was, um, you know, when round one was ready to go. But, um, yeah, it is heartbreaking to see them guys, you know, put in all the effort and not even get one round to, to go do. And then, obviously, the guys that are up in Queensland and New the South, they've been able to do at least a couple of state rounds or, you know, them one-off big events they have up there. So they're, they're lucky enough that they get that. But us guys down here in Vic, we're, we're getting up and we get told Dan Andrews that we've got to wear a... Uh, yeah mask and sit at home so it's uh, it's been hard especially you know seeing social media posts and stuff like that with all them guys up there having fun and being able to ride and uh yeah we're stuck in this uh this metal jail i guess you'd say
0: (laughs) at least you're in regional victoria i'm in lockdown central
5: yeah, yeah, you're in the bad
0: spot. You're all the disease, so get, you don't want know, to on it. So, you house out here in the bush, it's okay. We can still walk around the bush and, and get our food or whatever we need to get. <laughs> Self sufficient when the apocalypse hits, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, um, you know, we've seen on, on your socials, and like I said, we did a bit of work together on, on getting your coaching program off the ground. And I know that's something that. Uh, you're passionate about and um and you want to do more of in the future so you know talk a little bit about that and you've got your property up at um you know north vic the big sand property that people can see on your instagram and you've been doing some camps out there so how have you been enjoying um you know that side of things with your dm31 um off-road development program
5: yeah it's been cool because you know it's something that i always wanted to do especially you know the older i get um it's probably something that i'm going to lead lead around to especially uh I don't want to be my own guy. I just put my whole life into motorcycle racing, and then when I retire, just step away from it all together and you know get a get a normal job. I obviously want to put, um, you know, my time into young people and and get them to live the dream like I have. I think, and um, that's yeah, that's obviously why we've worked together to get this uh, DM Three One Off Road Development together is, is to get the you know young people up and and be able to experience what I have in my career and be able to travel the world and. You know, win a world title and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's definitely it's been cool so far. I've, I've got to got to meet some pretty cool people and some, uh, you know, even the older people that want to learn, um, just the the one percenters and stuff like that. It's been really cool to work with them guys. And um, yeah, like you said, I've got a property up at Hope's in there, so it's two hours south of Ujura, um, which is pretty much like Hutter. So um, that's obviously one of the biggest races in the country. Here is the Hutter Desert Race. So um that's the reason that we kind of you know bought that joint is to get prepared for that race and also get to share the property with uh you know people you know people that i can so um i think you know in the near future we're going to hold a race there and people get to you know come out and have fun on there but also you know come and do my coaching days there which is uh yeah it's been a good weekend you know, we go to camp and do a two-day um two-day coaching day there and uh well, the pretty red, they're, they're
0: bottomless thing, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm really bummed out. because we were heading up there to do a school together, uh, you know, a few months back and then the lockdown happened and it was just a complete saga and I didn't end up getting to go. But, um, man, you guys should go check out Dan's Instagram because uh, the footage of the place alone will blow your mind. It's just a big open sand track on steroids, how to spec. It's watching you go around there is next level. So, um, no, it's cool, man. I think it's something that people can, you know, without blowing smoke we work together but your work ethic you know you came from uh you know started from the bottom and now we're here and uh you you worked your way up and it it, I think that's something you can pass on to the next generation so it's really cool to to see you doing that and um let's let's move it on now I know obviously it's it's very early it's not early days actually it's nearly November but the way this year is it's it's as good as early days as any but um Obviously, the plan next year is to return to the AORC and and um, you know the the six day if that's going to happen and whatnot, and the four day over in WA. Um, how's the the team progress coming along? Where you know where's things headed for your um, for your twenty one season? Is as, as much as you're able to talk about at least.
5: Yeah, I mean it's it's hard, and obviously, I, yeah, can't say too much at this stage. But um, yeah, it's definitely a different. Uh, I don't know what you call it, a different Philly season, I guess, when we uh, you know, talk to people about next year and stuff like that. Um obviously everyone's doing their budgets pretty late, not knowing what's gonna go on ahead with racing next year. Um pretty much it's it's all up to our uh Victorian government to or Premier to uh call a shot to if we're gonna go racing in the near future or not. He seems to be the guy that's kinda resonant for uh, the rest of the country, but uh, Yeah, I mean, it is what it is and uh at this stage, yes, yeah, we're trying to negotiate uh, a deal for next year with, yeah, AORC and, um, you know, Hatter, that's, that's a big one, the four-day. Um, I think I'm one, one win off um, matching the record for the four-day, so that's obviously a pretty a pretty big one for me next year. I'd like to be able to match that record uh, with six four-day wins.
0: Who's got the record? Um, Is it Watsy?
5: Yeah, Shane Watts. So, yeah, 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 it'd be cool to, cool to match that guy considering, you know, what he's done in his career over the world, um, obviously winning multiple GMCC championships, um, or world championship, everything like that. It's, he's one of the, uh, you know, one of the enduro guys that us young guys looked up to, um, and then be able to, you know, match him and stuff pretty, uh, well, if, I, if I'm able to do it, it, would be pretty cool. And, um, that's something I'll be definitely pushing hard to do. But yeah, I mean, whatever manufacturer and brand that we get on, uh, we'll be doing our hardest, obviously, so um, KDN groups, uh, I've won the last um, three out of the four titles that I've been with that that company. So we've had a really good history and I've been enjoying it there. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see here in the near future what what the goal is and uh, we'll come out swinging for next year if it all goes ahead and and do it. But, yeah, I definitely would like to do some different events. Um, Obviously, the the motocross next year being ran by um, MA, it's, not going to clash with the off-road. So, you know, we might have a bit of a double there or something like that. Um, it's something that I talked about, you know, previous with, with uh, Jeff Lee. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I get that opportunity, maybe I'll, I'll uh, jump at it, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what uh, the new future brings.
0: Yeah, that's sorry. I'm just grabbing a drink. You cut off the sort of, I thought you would. Um, something that, yeah, we talked about a little bit. you doing maybe try and do some motocross next year. Obviously, Top Waters came over to the AORC this year. I think with the series now being ran by MA, it probably being a little bit more of a similar base series with the promoters, I think there's a possibility to see a lot more off-road or moto guys doing both. Um, I know you've done a lot of MX Nationals in the past, but I know you never really gave it a real crack. I think you're always pretty conscious about not getting hurt, not ruining your AORC season and you'd ride around in 8th or ninth or 10th, but... I've I've seen I've I've ridden probably a motor with you. I know you're faster than that and you could run you know, you could run pretty close to the front if you really wanted to.
5: You have to, that's for sure. I think every time that uh yeah, as you said, every time I've we'll gone to a national we've we'll, we'll pass up, half asked it, I just say we've we'll, uh I you know, just sign up on my enduro bike and enduro setting, and maybe throwing a uh, motocross plate on it just to make it look like I'm a moto guy. But um, <laughs> at the end of the day, we're still waiting for some tree roots to pop up and, and soak them up nicely, not them steep deep holes, and then going through it's pretty crazy. But definitely, the intensity from the moto guys is a lot higher than what our enduro uh, guys are. But um, yeah, that's, obviously, we work a lot to, over summer and you know through the season to to get our high intensity up and and be able to run that pace. And uh, yeah. I mean, I'd love to, to, uh, yeah, come out swinging at a motocross and be able to, you know, get in the top five and and battle the first, you know, motocross guys that are here in Australia.
0: Yeah, well, there's rumours that the first round of the series next year might be at a track pretty local to us all down here. Um, I think that if it was the case, I know you'd be holding the mail around there because you ride there a fair amount. So, um, yeah. I think that'd be cool. I I really do. I think, like I said, I know that you've never really had a proper setup or a moto bike sitting there that you can jump on. You train with Ross and the pro group there that I know you can run the speed. Um, be cool to see, but we'll see where it goes. Right. I mean, it's got to make sense to, to do both series. There's a lot of work and a lot of risk. So hopefully, hopefully there's a way for you to make it happen. But, um, Hey Dan, we kind of ran a little long on the pod here, and I, I don't want to keep you too long. So what I'll do is we'll probably uh, we'll probably round that one up there, mate. But it was good to have you on for you know sort of twenty minutes or so, and um, check in with the uh, the twenty twenty champ for the AORC series. And um, and yeah, we hope that you guys uh, you know along with motocross you get some uh, get some scheduling soon. Hopefully we get the country opened up soon, and you can start preparing to sign some contracts and go racing next year.
5: Yeah, for sure. Now, thanks very much for
0: having me. All good, Dan. All right, mate. Well, hey, you um, you enjoy your your off season slash preseason slash endless not racing season, whatever we're in right now. And uh, we'll catch up with you hopefully with some news on your twenty twenty one plan soon. Yeah, for
5: sure. Have a good one.
0: Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Dan Milner, um, twenty twenty AORC champ, and uh, it's funny talking to the off road guys. It's a different world to to moto, isn't it? Oh, uh, definitely. It's cool though. Uh, they're just so, so down to earth. And so, um, you know, like <laughs> I, like I said, not, not to keep talking about it. I do a decent amount of work with Milner away from the races on different things. You don't say. Uh, yeah. Uh, But, you know, we rock up to the first round. at a Wumba, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, hey man, what flight are you on? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm driving. Oh, okay. You fact, you fact, you're right. Are you driving? Okay. Makes sense. Um, You're going to drive to one of the furthest rounds. Okay and then what hotel are you standing in my swag yeah the well, back there, the- there's there's semi trucks and then he's got his trailer out the back and he's like yeah i just sleep at the track and i'm like All oh, well, we're going back to the hotel yeah yeah <laughs> um, his trailer was probably better than our hotel yeah it was <laughs> 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 it won't be booking there again
1: uh, <laughs> it was cheap though oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. i couldn't understand why <laughs> we'll leave that was it at rough.
0: that. that was rough I think it gave uh, our
1: little uh, videographer a bit of a culture shock.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ethan had never been away, <laughs> never <laughs> been away from home and we threw him in the deep end. Um but you know it, it is different but I think you know MA we, talk, we talked about it a little bit more at the start of the show, but it's something that with them taking over the series, I think you might see some more guys doing crossovers because, look, budget's going to be down. It's going to be harder to make a living race in one series. I think it's a possibility to see those guys... Maximise on all the contingency you can get. Yeah, I mean, if someone like Milner got a top five contingency bonus or something for... For, for both? For motocross, you know, he's going to be up front in ALRC and, and he could run up front in moto, so... Anyway, uh, interesting chat, but you know what, Ran quite a long show today, guys. I really appreciate everyone um, tuning in. We said a few weeks ago when we came back that we were going to do an episode two and we got it done. It was a little bit longer than we said, but- We've been busy. We have been busy, um, and, and uh, Victoria's a crazy place right now, but we're getting it done. So um, with that being said, thank you very much for listening. Um, please share- you know, this to your friends. We haven't done a lot of shows this year, but the, the loyal listeners, our numbers have been really solid, but I appreciate you guys keeping the word out there for us. Um, we've got some big plans for 21 that I kind of outlined at the start of the show, um, that are coming and, uh, we're really looking forward to it. So we'll probably hit you guys back in a few more weeks with, um, with some more content, some more shows. And, uh, with that being said, um, Daniel, appreciate it. Yeah. It's Ta- good to be back again. Yeah. yeah. I'm
1: always happy to sit here and just,
0: Take the piss out of you. Yeah, Yeah. well, it's either me yelling at you from across the office doing work. may as well have the microphone set up. Exactly. So I appreciate the listens, guys. Rolling on for 2021. We can't wait. We're going to be back with some more content soon. And with that being said. Peace out. Peace out. We'll be back. Later.